This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Jensen. Now, Minister for Digital and Communications Fahmi Fazil last week announced the Unity Fixed Broadband Package aimed at narrowing the digital divide in the community. The package provides high-speed broadband for 69 ringgit per month for applicants from the B40 income segment, people with disabilities and senior citizens. The announcement follows the Unity prepaid plan that was launched in December of last year, which offers mobile data for as low as 5 ringgit per month, both fixed broadband and prepaid plans are expected to hit the market next month. Meanwhile, the government has yet to reveal the outcome of its review on Malaysia's 5G rollout, although the minister has hinted at further announcements on this issue to come. So what measures are needed to address digital connectivity issues in this country? For thoughts on these and other policies, we speak to Alexander Wong, Managing Editor and Co-Founder of the online news portal Soya Chinchao. Good morning, Alex. Thanks for joining us. So what do you make of the Unity Fixed Broadband Package that was announced last week? Does it go far enough to make internet connectivity more accessible to the population? Good morning. Um, at first glance, I think it is a good move to make broadband more accessible for the people. Uh, 69 ringgit is a good base price, but This package is only targeted at the B40. If you compare this with what the previous minister, Wai Bing Go Bing Singh, did back in 2018, the government used the military standard of access pricing, MSAP, to lower the wholesale prices of broadband, which benefited everyone, not just the B40. As a result, we saw cheaper broadband alternatives from the likes of Cellcom DG Maxis, which uses TM's high-speed broadband network. So I would say this is a good short-term move, but if the government wants to make it even more affordable to all, it should be done through the MSAP. And Alex, although the government has announced the baseline price and speed of the package, what other details have yet to be revealed? What kind of conditions might telco companies place on these packages? Besides time, which has announced that it will offer 100 megabits per second fiber broadband for 69 ringgit a month with no data caps at selected PPRs, we don't have any visibility yet on other plans. Will other players offer 30 megabits per second? Will there be speed caps? We don't know yet. Also, another question to ask if existing B40 subscribers will get to enjoy the lower rate or is this plan only applicable to new signups? Another thing that I'm concerned about is the actual terms and conditions, especially the termination policy. During the MCO, we saw a couple of telcos amending the TNCs which require customers to pay the full subscription amount for all remaining months in the contract. So let's say if the plan is $69 a month and the customer wish to terminate within 12 months earlier, they will have to pay more than $800 ringgit just for penalty, which is too much. Alex, I'm curious, this $69, ringgit, you know, when you look at the absolute numbers, uh, number, there are already quite a lot of telco plans available for that or even lower, right? So how do we know this is actually really a good deal? In terms of the fiber broadband pricing, I think this is very competitive because previously, I think the most uh, value for money plan was from Time. They offer mm. 100, 100 megabits per second for 99 ringgit a month. And in most cases, um, most of the 30 megabits plan are priced at 89 ringgit a month. So looking at about 240 ringgit of savings in the long run, which is quite a big deal for B40 users. Can we turn our attention over to what's happening on the 5G space? I think we're still waiting for the government to come out with uh, the review findings on the 5G rollout. Um, But what kind of signals have you gleaned from the government in terms of its direction on 5G policy so far? 
while the communications and digital minister Fami Fazil is still very tight-lipped about the potential options that the government is considering and he said it's up to the cabinet's decision. We don't know if Malaysia will still continue with the single wholesale network or will they allow a second wholesale network formed by a consortium or perhaps giving spectrum directly to the telcos. All we know is that the government aims to conclude this by the end of March 2023. And Alex, uh, also to follow up on that, last month, Minister Fami Fazil said the government would introduce 5G with added features by the end of March. In your view, what could these added features actually refer to? Well, he didn't elaborate specifically, but from what I can tell is that he is quite concerned about the current rate of 5G deployment. DMD announced recently that he has achieved close to 50% of 5G population coverage with almost 4,000 sites by end of last year. But turns out that only 38% of the populated areas are accessible to consumers as a portion of the sites are not onboarded yet. I feel that if FAMI wants to accelerate the deployment because we have a lot of catching up to do, I believe he wants to push for more infrastructure sharing and to tap on existing resources and infrastructure. Building new 5G sites takes time, especially for in-building coverage. If the big four tackles coordinate and focus on putting 5G equipment on their existing 4G sites, which by the way, they have more than 95% population coverage, I don't think it's impossible to achieve 60 to 80% coverage within 12 months. Okay, at the same time, Alex, there is news that came out last evening whereby there's a June deadline for MCMC to solve poor phone services, which I think all of us experience at one point or another. So there are frequent public complaints about poor internet access in certain areas, uh, especially in the issue of in-building coverage. Can you give us some indication of how bad is the situation and you know, can this issue be resolved by June? What, what needs to be done? I think one thing is to tighten up the processes and the current instruments because I don't think realistically we can end customer complaints once and for all in June. I think what needs to be done is to tighten the process to re-look re into the mandatory standard of quality of service and to ensure that, you know, tackles are accountable whenever there's a complaint being made. So I don't think June is a deadline that, that can be ahead to, but it's something that we need to fix on an ongoing basis. So what explains this poor coverage in buildings? Is it because the telco services don't want to install these special equipment for there to be connectivity? And will it be resolved when 5G comes into, uh, is rolled out? There's a lot of factors to it. Uh, one of it, it could be spectrum. Another one could be exclusive arrangements for certain buildings. Uh, the MCMC did mention a few years back that they want to put an end to exclusive, uh, exclusive arrangements with telcos because in the past, uh, it's like a territorial game. A certain telco might be the first to come to the building and they dominate the coverage for their spot and other players might not be able to get into it. So meanwhile, Alex, the minister has also indicated policy proposals to combat cybersecurity issues, such as strengthening the uh, PDPA, elevating the Personal Data Protection Department, and also establishing a cybersecurity commission. So when you look at it, what measures would you like to see the government implement uh, in this regard? Uh, I would like to see more coordination and accountability from the various parties to tackle data leaks and cybersecurity issues. In most cases, we always hear news of a security breach and there's no follow-up. What's the cause? Who is responsible? What can be done to prevent this from happening again? And with regards to having a cybersecurity commission, I think this will take time to get approved. In the meantime, the government should put more resources into improving the coordination and awareness of the National Scam Resource Centre, 997, which can be used today to tackle online scam. And it has been shared by, uh, by YB Fami that the 997 centre has helped to recover 1.4 million ringgit in funds last year. And I think it's a step in the right direction. 
All right, Alex, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Alexander Wong, managing editor and co-founder of Soya Chinchao, the online news portal, talking to us about some of the policy proposals coming out of the Ministry of Digital and Communications, uh, discussing uh, what it need, what we need to do in order to actually meaningfully bridge that digital divide in the country. Yeah, because actually if you look at... Uh handphone usage or mobile phone usage, right, in terms of um, the number of subscribers, actually is more than the population. It's just, I think the question of pricing is one thing, quality is the other thing, and then we have to address this rural-urban divide. So especially, even if we in KL have issues connecting sometimes, what about those in the rural areas, right? And you've seen pictures of people climbing up trees. That's right. Who can forget Viviona and the efforts she had to take in order to take her exam online? Yes. So, you know, you have, uh, you know, Malaysians looking at the results of the telco companies doing extremely well and wondering, hey, uh, should they be actually spending more money in terms of the capex to improve the quality? Uh, And then also there's some question marks over the policy, like 5G, we are one of the slowest in the region because we ding-dong over what policy we should implement. And, you know, the telco sector, critical, right, for the country's infrastructure. Yeah, but Shoni, on the flip side, I wonder if at this pricing point for the Unity package, does the telco actually lose money? I mean, I applaud the move, but it's a step in the right direction for sure to bridge the digital divide. But most of these companies are listed entities which are answerable to their own stakeholders and shareholders. So I hope it comes with some perhaps tax benefits to them. I mean, we already had Chukai Makmore last year, and I recall when Gobing Singh was Minister during the PH era in 2018, as Alex mentioned, he launched this excess pricing package. Mm. And the general feedback was from investors is what I heard is like, why is the government causing all these companies to lose so much in their market capitalization? Well, I think the question is, you know, are they earning extraordinary profits, right? So the comparison that we should take when we when we come to this analysis is to look at the EBITDA margins of, let's say, the Malaysian listed telco companies versus that in the region. Now, is it much higher, which suggests that maybe, you know, profits are extraordinary or slightly better? And I think it's also down to the pricing, right, of our telco or packages versus what we get in the region. So that's really where the the critical analysis comes into play whether these telcos are making too much money, too little money, or just right like the Goldilocks moment. And it's really that fine balance the government has to tread as well between uh, encumbering a business but also uh, ensuring that uh, rights are given to the population as well. Yeah, well, you paid for this service, they're not free. Indeed. We'll be following this story as it unfolds. Uh, 7.58 in the morning, we're going to head into the 8am news bulletin. But first, a quick message. A combination of immersive technology, cutting-edge design and understanding how to translate experiences from the screen to real-life environments, spatial design is an increasingly important discipline to understand. So how exactly does it relate to business needs and what are the future trends in this new space? We speak to Din Tan Chin Seng, Program Director of the Bachelor of Interactive Spatial Design from Taylor's University to find out. Join us for this conversation tomorrow at 7pm. Brought to you by Taylor's University. Rise with the best where our community is our strength. After the 8am news bulletin on the breakfast grill, Wong Xiaoning speaks to Apurva Sangi, lead economist for Malaysia at the World Bank. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.